Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. G'day, Coxie. G'day, Was. Guess what? What? Uh, we're going to do something completely unplanned today. Hang on, that's how we do everything. <laughs> it is, isn't it? We're just off-the-cuff kind of people. Well, we did plan. We planned our first um, first of our stadium tour events recently. Yes, we did. And cancelled What happened it to that? Because it rained. Well, it didn't rain. We had like the, the most rain in, I don't know, three years or something. Oh, no, the flies are alive. alive. Oh, he's trying to... Corey just uh, did a Mr. Miyagi on the fly and it's come back to life. Oh, so whoops, there's a bit of fly guts on you. You're a Mr. Mi- Sorry. Fly has a migraine. Um, it's a terminal migraine. So, but we're going to do something a bit different today. Mm-hmm. It's unplanned, kind of unplugged, and I'm calling it Philosophy Friday. Mm. Uh, I, I've, I've always had this dream of doing a podcast where, you know, we ponder life's big questions like... How come flies come back to life after you whack them? And that's a big question. <laughs> Do I need to get my belly button out so and I can gaze? At wow, the belly I was going to say, where is that going? <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I get the reference. And why does it always rain when you plan a, an event? <sighs> I don't know. We were really excited, and we have people disappointed. I didn't oh think gosh, anyone so was someone came come. all the way from the Gold Coast to Brisbane. I know to go to her first one. Uh, which was impressive. I think he would have been one of three people there. <laughs> you and me being the, the other two. Yeah. Um, no, but that was going to be really cool. So anyway, life's big questions. But um, no, I think a lot of the time in business, and you're listening to this because you're you're a tradie in business, hopefully. Um, or a tradie partner. Yeah. Or, or Well, I see I consider all the people involved in the business to be tradies in business. Fair. You know, so do whether I. Whether you're a, the tradie or... The wife or the spouse or the manager or whatever. I think they're all just part of our community of tradies in business. But Mm. there's there's a lot of um, talk in the groups and amongst our paying customers about mindset and you know how do they overcome these challenges. And a lot of us, I think, probably feel a bit beaten down sometimes or confused or maybe a little lost or lonely or whatever it is. And because this is podcasting, not radio, we can't actually talk to you. <laughs> um, so it's a bit of a one-way thing. But I, I think there's a lot of issues, Coxie, that we could unpack uh, a little differently to our, our Effort Friday episodes where you and I tend to just get our ranty pants on. I like my ranty pants. You, you are a very impressive ranty panter. You've only had half of it. I love my family. Coach. I love getting little audio messages from you oh, where gosh. you have a bit of a rant. It's like <laughs> <laughs> I find myself laughing out loud. Yes. Do people still do that? Do, do people still LOL? I do. You and I still LOL. Often. And generally at you. Yeah. But I, I think uh, people have moved on to ha ha. Yeah. Which just no. ne- never feels as. as um, Jovial. Yeah. Outgoing to me. Uh-huh. A it's lol like, is a real uh-huh. jovial belly laugh. Uh-huh. Anyway, I regularly LOL at you. So, uh, <laughs> but um, I think Philosophy Friday, I'd like to, you know, tackle a, a few issues that people trip over in their lives, their mm-hmm. businesses, their relationships, mm-hmm. and maybe just see if we can add our perspective to it. Um, maybe no one really gives a shit. 
Well, we'll soon <laughs> figure we'll out from the anyway. downloads, won't we? <laughs> uh, so now you said mm-hmm. there's something you want to you want to um, pull the gumboots on and wade into this one. It's going to be messy. I'm standing by for support, Coxie. Thanks. I might need it. <laughs> I'll wave at you in case you drown. Uh, you want to talk about assumptions, don't you? Yeah, I do. That's a really nice way to put it. <laughs> it's much nicer than I would have I'm, said, but I'm, it's not an Effort Friday episode. No, no. So there's – and I trip over assumptions a lot too in, in um, conversations I have with people. I'm sure you do as well. And we mm. see a lot of our, our clients in our community – basing their actions and behavior on assumptions. And not all of them are grounded in common sense or reason or fairness or ethics or anything. They're just things that people assume. Like, I don't know, they assume that you've got to spend a lot of money to get a good marketing strategy. Mm. And that's an erroneous assumption. It's one that leads people to waste lots of cash and go down big rabbit holes with their marketing, for example. But... You want to address an assumption (laughs) based on... Actually, I'll let you do the talking. Okay, so we're helping a tradie at the moment, right, who's found himself in a pretty horrific situation. In fact, it's the worst one I've ever heard of. Would you agree, Was? Uh, Yeah, it takes the cake. I mean, I've seen and heard of some sticky scenarios for people, but holy crap, this one's... uh, It's got (laughs) it all going on. Stay tuned for the Netflix (laughs) series. It really is a, 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 an incredibly uh, intense, full-on, difficult-to-navigate um, challenge that we have now legal teams involved with, accounting teams, forensic accountants. It's massive. And for privacy, I can't go into too many details. But uh, I can say quite simply, it has brought about a, the ending of a marriage. Mm. And has, has that actually... I mean, is that... that- would obviously be, speaking of assumptions, assumed based on the <laughs> the uh, nature of the scenario. But do you reckon that's that's going to happen? Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah, I do. I, I think we've moved past that that's point expert of, assessment. Okay, of cool. any return. <laughs> There's no after doubt about the, that. No, yep. after the conversations we've had this week, well, the last three weeks. And in actual fact, this has been going on for 12 months. This isn't a short-term thing. It's been mm. quite long-term. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can't move people on if they don't want to move, apparently. Until you get the courts involved. Yeah, and then that's where it really leads into the... The problem. And I don't know if assumptions is the right word, Coxie, but it's some of those defaults that are set up. Yeah, Uh, I don't know how else you would term it, to be quite fair. It's like there's a system that things just happen a certain way. And, And when you step back and look at it, and I guess, you know, to give some more specifics around this, um, courts have got involved in the... How would you describe the situation? Is it a business okay. failing or a relationship failing? It's an every. It's just a failing. Full Everything's stop. Everything's failed. <laughs> it's a big mess. Communication failings. Correct. And um, go on. Courts have gotten involved, and I suppose someone has to make some sort of decisions about definitely a, a way forward. But sadly. Um, as is often the case with this. It, this is going to get very political, isn't it, Coxie? It is, but it's important. We're, we're going to poke some people in the eye. I think it needs one. to be discussed. Is uh, There's children involved yes. in the relationship. Yes. And as so often seems to be the case, despite the fact that, at least from our perspective, it would appear that the tradie himself is you know, largely unaware of a lot of the, the bad stuff that's been yes. going on in the background, there's a couple of kids um, involved in the marriage 
the court stepped in and actually stuck the kids with the wife. Correct. In a dangerous situation. With no, well, seemingly no consideration for the full, uh, you know, range of facts Mm. and events that have been unfolding that we're privy to. And it's just, it's like, wait, what? Mm. They, they what? It was kind of the reaction. Yeah. It's just a real, and and that's the point, I guess. Assumptions are made uh, based around what I think we do too often in society, just assuming that the mother's going to be the nurturing person, just assuming here I'm stepping in dangerous ground. But the assumptions go either way. Let's not forget. We assume that the bloke is the violent one. We assume that the bloke is the one causing all the trouble. We assume that the mother's maternal and going to take good care of the children and not place them in danger. Those assumptions have just been band-aided onto this situation. They've gotten it all wrong. So that's to talk specifically to that situation. But what I'd like to talk about, and you so eloquently put, thank you, because I would have gotten too ranty, <laughs> is those assumptions aren't based on fact. And why no. are we even making assumptions in the first place? It's like we, we don't have the patience, I guess, broadly as a society to you look at any issue. You know, look at the climate at the moment. Look at... Uh, the the forex virus or coronavirus or whatever your flavour is, um, that's a really poor attempt at a joke. But we we rush to these conclusions like we have to make a decision and solve the problem as quickly as possible. Yes, and that requires that we ignore a whole bunch of evidence and information in the process. Yeah. just so we can get a solution in place. It's actually probably a very good lesson there for any kind of business in that there isn't. Yeah, we can find a quick fix for anything, right? We all do based on assumptions or we make rush decisions Mm. like you're describing. However, any well thought out, careful decision needs to be made over a period of time. And in um, honouring, as you said, Coxie, the facts and the Mm. information. Now, whether it's as catastrophic and, and, uh, you know, dramatic as the scenario we've described with one of our tradies, um, which, you know... Oh, I don't know. I, I shudder to think where this is going to end up. You know, once kids start getting yeah. forcibly placed with a parent, uh, despite the fact that's probably, you know, on balance, not the best choice mm. made by uh, the authorities. Mm. I love that. The authorities. <laughs> yeah, what gives like them the authorities? authorities friggin' know what's going on. Exactly. Anyway. <laughs> um, I, I suppose it happens because we deem that someone has to do something. And I understand that. And I do understand. I was pri- I've was i been privy to most of the situation. I've um, helped with a lot of the negotiations. Um, and I've actually seen this unfold. And I understand when you have two people who can't find a solution, somebody needs to find a solution for them. I do, understand that. Do they, though? That, I, that's, that was the question on my mind, just as you said that, mm. is given this, this is Philosophy Friday, <laughs> do we actually need to step in and solve these problems for others you know why do we have authorities stepping in and deciding what happens here good question but if you've got two people in a stalemate how do you move through that situation if neither are prepared to well isn't that their problem shift what is what is uh society in inverted commas need to actually come in and take responsibility for that it's a good question i don't have an answer for that maybe to uphold you would because i'm really bushed (laughs) 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 maybe to uphold our democratic society. It's it's like this arbitrary set of boundaries, rules mm-hmm. that have been developed over time. And I don't 
I feel like we don't question them enough. I don't think we question anything much. We're just like sheep and we follow the leader. Sheeple. We do. Uh, it's true. Uh, like, And then when someone does question this, mm. and, you know, we've had a guest on the show actually uh, a while back, a long while back, looking at this sort of issue um, you know, they're branded heretics and, you know, attacked because, you know what it is? If anyone questions the status, the status quo. quo, the yep. way it's always been done, yes. you get shot down, you get strung up, burned at the stake. Um, you've only got to look at, well, you know, we're talking about not men's rights. I think it's just balanced decision making in relationships and breakdowns and kids' welfare and that sort of stuff. It's just, yeah, I just think it's right. Like, it's full can stop. We, can we just look at the whole scenario and do what makes sense rather yes. than than based on some predetermined rule that, Archaic no, no, well, this is, this is the way it's always been done. So that's the way we'll do it. Mm. And thou shalt not challenge the status quo. And there is no opportunity to challenge the status quo. I mean, you know, forced or faced with this decision, there is nowhere to go. There's nothing to do at this point. So, sure, yep, the next step is to do some more legal stuff. Mm. But we're talking about tens of thousands of more dollars. We're talking about months and months of doing this. In the meanwhile, some horrible stuff has happened that could Mm. have been prevented. Mm. Like, why isn't there an immediate way to question a decision that's being made? And then the flip side of that, you know, we, we... make these hasty decisions based on, well, that's how it's always been done. Uh, but then other things seem to take so damn long. So true. When there's clearly a, a you know bad situation and my wife works in the public service. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice skirting. And it takes forever mm. for important policy changes, procedural changes mm. To be implemented, despite mm. huge personal risk to public servants, uh, you know, in, in particular settings in our community, and you can, you can draw your own conclusions about what I'm referring to. But it's like there's a problem. Can we not just make a change mm. to solve that problem? Mm. I think I've told you before. I might have even mentioned on the podcast. The builder sits on a board. I won't. Mm. I can't go into too many details. Mm-hmm. But the legislation they're working on is nine years away from implementation. Oh my gosh. It will take nine years for that to filter down and actually be implemented in the day-to-day lives of the people it impacts. And by the time they do that, it will it's out changed. of date anyway. Exactly. And so y- in the three years he's been doing that, they've passed one set and now they're on to the next one that overrides it to be implemented another three years after. I, In my uh, personal assessment, I have a theory right now, mm-hmm. just just popped into my head. Mm-hmm. I reckon it's to do with um, emotion and not vote buying. I mean, politics plays a big part in a lot of this stuff when it comes to the authorities because yes. generally it's government and apparently we vote for the government, but it doesn't feel like there's really much choice. It's like choosing between, you know, do I want a tiger shark, a great white or mm. a bull shark? And they're all going to chew my leg off. They just, you know, they have different names. It seems to be the current political landscape. But uh, it's like if it's an emotive issue, yes, they jump to conclusions and do what they think is is you know deemed best. But if it's something that has, I guess, no political value or you know, there's not a big social commentary around it, it just drags on, mm. um, or it doesn't affect. Oh, dare I say it, people in 
power again, quote unquote, just did the air quotes thing there. Uh, it's like it just it doesn't matter enough to the the people who are making decisions for us, and therefore they just I don't know pay themselves lots of money to run long. I mean, look at the the bloody royal commission into banking. What a farce! And how much drama has it made for us as clients? All it's really done for us as clients is made it harder to get, especially for tradies, self-employed people, to get a loan. Yep. It's ridiculous. Well, I'm, uh, you know, various people have various different circumstances, but even even my wife and I, you know, we're we're currently looking at not building because it's just they've changed the rules to the point where it kind of just all gets too hard sometimes. And, and isn't it, that the point though with all of it? Is that not have we not just arrived at the whole point here? It just gets too hard. Yeah, and if you don't fit the cookie cutter mold. That the you know the pencil pushers um, have on the desk in front of them. It's like, well, you're outside the parameters of what this what this can deal with, mm. and therefore you'll just have to fit our system. Mm. It's like, yeah, well, the woman gets the kids because mm. that's how the system rolls. It's like, yeah, but that's not right. It's like, well, that's the system. So it starts in our schools. Mm. Uh, you know, I've got five children across all our kids between the two of us. And I have a couple of those children that don't learn in a traditional way. They need uh, to learn in a very different way than what is taught. Uh, well, I'll say fairly, I'll relate only to my own circumstance, than what was taught in their primary school. And that was a state primary school. So it's following, I guess, their guidelines and, and you know, teacher ratios aren't great. I feel sorry for the poor teachers trying to mm. cope with kids like some of my kids. Uh, we were fortunate enough to be in a position to be able to send those children or all of the children actually to a school where I knew their needs could be met for high school mm. but that's a very privileged position to be in so that's where it starts right at school if you don't fit the mold suddenly you're an outsider just you grow up with that mentality right from day dot we, we've gone from assumptions to conformity well it's in, in perhaps this it's all, uh, chat they're and, most definitely related and and that's this is something that I really I'd like to continue these episodes. And please, listeners, uh, give us some feedback if if you like where we're going here. Uh, give us some feedback. Drop us a, a DM or comment on the episode on Facebook once it goes up. Uh, but, you know, do you want to hear more of this stuff that I think occupies a lot more of people's thought space than they let on or than, than we talk about? Because um, we're too frightened to have a different opinion. Yeah. And, you know, as, as tradies in business, and, and here's a here's a stereotypical view of uh, our listeners which is why we always ask you for feedback because if we don't get the feedback we have nothing else to go on other mm. than you know the few people we hear from or what we see in the groups and everything is that um, you know particularly for the guys uh, they're trying to be who they think they need to be and in actual fact the women in all fairness it's true yes you know we're all trying to be who we think we should be yes for our partners for our kids for the government for our customers instead of actually being willing to ask some of these bigger questions and I think a lot of people are weighed down by the the internal questioning of you know why is this happening this way you know a lot of, I know a lot of people that I speak to feel really weighed down by the the drought in Australia and all the bushfires that we've seen recently you know mm. there's been a lot of loss and a lot of really heavy feelings around it and I don't think Many of us even know how to talk about those things no. from an individual point of view uh, without either sounding like a whinger or a know-it-all. Mm. And, you know, I, th I think it goes back to asking some of these questions and actually questioning, well, 
how come we're letting this happen? How come governments are making decisions these ways? Uh, how come the kids always go with the woman? Mm. And what can I personally do about that? And I think a lot of us feel quite helpless or disempowered maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched an interesting uh, little clip of Jordan Peterson. Um, who, you know, if you don't know who he is, go Google him. But uh, he's he's a bit of a, I don't know, a social commentator, a psychologist. Uh, he's written some books and stuff and he's he has a, a reputation for being quite controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like a lot of his stuff because he actually pokes people in the brain and gets them to think. <laughs> and I saw a little clip from uh, a segment he did on one of the Australian TV programs. I don't know which one it was because I don't watch television. But... Um, I saw it online and basically someone pretty much said, how on earth can individuals hope to do anything when it's a global problem being climate change and the environment? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he loosely said that that's a cop-out because, you know, there's this collective responsibility that everyone talks about. Yes. Uh, like somehow the human race is going to collectively take responsibility and do something but the reality of it is we're a collection of individuals and you can't you can't actually think as a as a populace you know there's no, what, you can't. 9 billion people or something on the planet i can't yeah. remember what the figure is but we can't think collectively we don't think collectively no and so we can only act individually and i guess you know that's maybe part of my motivation for for saying yeah let's 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 tackle this issue coxie <laughs> <laughs> the kids go with the woman because you know, we're two individuals with a viewpoint. I think if we start asking some questions around this, then maybe someone else will ask a question yes. and that becomes the collective view or consciousness. And sadly, and I'll let you have a word in edgewise here, <laughs> I think we've just ended up with a bunch of collective decisions or practices that a lot of us just didn't even think about. I also think that we're ridiculed for, again, to go back to this point, we're ridiculed for having a different opinion or for asking those questions. So there's a section of my audience that I probably wouldn't have this conversation with because they would just immediately slam me down. Why do you think that is? I guess they're frightened of what I'm saying and what that might mean. But they're just words. Why would they be frightened of that? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. Otherwise, I'd be understanding more of where they're coming from, <laughs> yeah, I suppose. True story. But And I don't understand it. And I see it every day. And I see these things unfold. And there's like this sheep-like um, collectiveness, if you like, of sorts. But really what it is, it's not an education. It's just a following of people making these assumptions like the woman gets the kids or... Oh, I can't even think or of another. Or tradies are rip-off yes, it's, Or, it's, you know, guys that wear flannel shirts are rednecks. But if you say something different, you're going to be shouted down. And unless you're brave enough to be shouted down, mm. you don't get to share your point of view. Yeah. It's because the, the, the collective has become so loud and so judgy. This I've seen this happen in nutrition for anyone close to me. They God, know I'm a I bit of imagine. a nutrition geek. Yes. Uh, and that, that was born out of a personal desire to not be sick. Um, I was sick of being sick. And so there's this, there's this really um, quite frightening, powerful narrative that there's this collective knowledge based on 
how it's always been. And mm. the the scary thing about it is it hasn't always been that way. It's just that society, and particularly Western culture, and although now it's it's very much permeated the Eastern uh, cultures, this crappy way of eating that's making us fat and sick is not allowed to be challenged because it's the collective consciousness. It's the but but the weight of evidence. It's like show me the weight of evidence. There is no weight of evidence. Uh, Coxie's just had a flip out here because a piece of fluff was masquerading as a spider on her foot. <laughs> and I thought you off. were having a seizure. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I'm sitting side saddle oh, next well, to you here in the studio. <laughs> that was really scary. Oh, dear. Um, Coxie's awake. Sorry. So, <laughs> speaking of consciousness. Um, but, yeah, it's like, how dare you challenge, um, you know, the, the food pyramid? That's how it's always been. And my question to you on that would be, and you know I agree with you, we have these discussions all the time. My question, I guess, is around the fact that it's dictated to us from the government down. Yes. And that's where I guess all of these issues point back to. And and the interruption to that is coming from the ground up. Yes. From individuals. Yes. Individuals who are willing to take a risk. You know, there's some people who have been in the industry, you know, just talking food and nutrition for, for many, many years, and they're, they're staking their livelihood and their lives yes. literally on interrupting this, this uh, almost unseen, insidious yeah. belief that... But that's what the government says. So how can that be wrong? It's like, because they're wrong about so many other things. How can you not see that? I don't understand why we don't all question everything. Why do we just make the assumption that the knowledge we're given is correct? I listened to a podcast recently. I do listen to other people talk occasionally. But I listened (laughs) to one recently where they talked about that. And it's it's this um, expert bias or, you know, it's this... People don't challenge what their doctor says because they're a doctor. Because they're a doctor. They yeah. don't challenge what the the magistrate says because they're a magistrate. And mm. and there's this idea that those people got to that level because they know everything and they know more than us. Well, and they're I think smarter than me because they went to school for longer than me. Somehow smarter than me. And all it means is that they spent more money and stayed in university long enough and slugged it out. And they and they you know met merit or or met the quali- the the requirements to be able to do those things, but it doesn't mean they're a better judge of what's best for me as a person. And I think a lot of people have just given up the the will to think about, well, what's actually best for me in this situation? Mm. Are these foods actually making me feel good? I wonder what else is out there. Mm. Um, you know, is this the best way to market my trade business? Mm. Or is maybe there's something else out there? And that's why... I know I speak for myself here and I won't speak for you for a change, Coxie, is, you know, some of the guests that we bring to the podcast, I'm keen to get that out there because, like, people don't know about this thing and, you know, we did one recently that I don't even know where where we're at with release schedules, but, um, you know, using video to send personalized messages to customers, I reckon nobody that listens to this podcast would have ever heard of it. Of course not. And it's cheap, it's easy, it's bloody effective and you don't, you know, it's not like the way things have always been done. No. And I think people are a bit afraid of what's different. 
And so they just go with the sheeple approach. So we, we're taught that though, right? Again, to go back to our schooling, we're taught that right from the very beginning. You can't be different. No, because if you stand out, you get picked on, you get, you know, you get ridiculed, you risk yourself somehow. Mm. And I think there's, there's some, man, this, like this is bigger than a half hour philosophy Friday. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there, there are some really big, um, or maybe just persistent belief systems that mean that we just accept these things. Yeah. You know, we allow the government to make these decisions. We we allow big food, big ag, big banking, uh, you know, big government departments in the construction industry to tell us how things are going to be. And lots of us complain about it, but it's at such a low level that the only person that hurts is the individual. Mm. You know, it doesn't actually change anything. We whinge about it or we feel stressed about it. And rather than actually you know, step out and interrupt some of those patterns, which, you know, a lot of very successful people have done that. So I've been interrupters. I actually think that's the way business will move now. The rest of us are just trying to stay safe. Yes. And I I do think that those newer businesses, the ones that will be super successful, have come about from a interrupting viewpoint they're yep. doing something they refuse to stand for the status quo take uber or diddy or yeah. any of those rideshare services fights that uber had in australia yeah with the taxi drivers and and the government yes. who backed the taxi drivers and the licensing and all of those things and and how long's uber been in the country now what like seven or eight years or something would it really be that long um I've only been Where using them for 2020, yeah, maybe maybe five, six years, something like that. But you know, it's a while, and it took it took years before it was widely accepted. Mm. I even felt bad getting in an Uber mm. as a customer because really? I felt like I was somehow doing a bad thing, you know, because the government was saying it was bad, and they weren't, you know, you weren't insured, and it wasn't commercially legal, and all this sort of crap. Um, and there was just this like underground feeling about it. And I think a lot of people are drawn to that because mm. they want to support that sort of a movement. Yes. Uh, and, you know, I, I look for those things now. And even even our our um, grocery stores is a bit of a stretch. But uh, you look at the big grocery chains and, you know, customer service personnel. We have these self-serve checkouts mm. everywhere now. And I refuse to use the bloody things. Yeah. Because... It's just another way that the you know prices haven't gone down, but they're sacking all the staff. Banking's yes. the same. Yes. You know, instead of depositing the cash over the teller, and you know, supporting someone's wage, usually a, a woman, you know, a part-time worker with a family mm-hmm. and and supporting the husband's income, I they want me to go stand out in the corridor with people walking past me with cash in my hand hmm. and feed it into a machine and trust it to count my, my $50 bills. Mm, very safe too, I might add. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I had my card skimmed recently. Oh, you did too? Yeah. So I refuse to do those things because in doing that, that's kind of like I can, as an individual, I can actually do something. It doesn't you feel like choice. it because yes. I'm standing in line at, at you know Coles or Woolies waiting for 15 minutes to put my six items through because I damn well refuse to go through the self-service where I could have been done in 30 seconds. Yes. Because I want them to call and I almost cheer when I hear the ding-dong over the (laughs) PA system. It's like, 
you know, customer service to check out, please. Customer service. Like, yes, I made them drag someone in, pay them for an hour and have them stand there and serve me while I chat to them about the weather. But isn't that a great example of how you as an individual can start to look further into an issue and make a choice? Absolutely. Instead of, I watch the sheeple go through the self-serve hmm. checkouts and g'day to anybody who loves to use those. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we I think we unwittingly support some of these uh, big trends. We just don't think about it. Exactly. We don't think enough. I hope that, that Philosophy Friday gets you... I think we just poked you in the thinking, brain. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I really want to hear from you. Please. Um, I think Coxie does too. I do. But we, w- we want to get your thoughts on this. So I know we've got some deep thinkers in, uh, <laughs> in our community. We do. Uh, the Bens, the Mitches, the Jasons. You, you know called who you out are. now. We want to hear from you. Um, the Peets. Uh, there's some deep thinkers out there. Is there, any, is there any chicks who are deep thinkers on some of this stuff? Not that are coming back to us. Mm. I'm sure there are, but they're mm. not. Stop hiding out there, ladies. Yeah, yeah. We want to hear Put from you too. Tell I know us what you think. There's, there's some very, um, I ha- there's some ladies in our group that I think have some very powerful comment oh, on yes. some of these things, um, and I have a lot of time for the view of uh, all of our ladies. But you know, I, there's some, some ladies that have commented on stuff, and I think, yeah, you go, girl. <laughs> if I'm allowed to say that without yes, being condescending, uh, there you go. There's another powerful stereotype. Yes. But yeah, we we do want to hear from you, listeners. It's Philosophy Friday. Tell us what you think. Um, what is it with these knee-jerk, this is the way we've always done it, things that happen, often from the authorities, from government? Why don't we question that stuff? Why don't you question that stuff? You know, speak to us as an individual. Why don't you ask these questions? Why don't you challenge some of the status quo? We want to hear from you. I, I want to give out a phone number now. It's like radio. No, we're not giving out a phone number. You just come and find us in the Tradies and Business Group on Facebook. Yeah. Go to good old Facebook. Speaking of status quos and massive <laughs> systems, uh, but uh, yeah, enter, works for us. enter the Facebook bubble. Find us at Tradies in Business. Uh, make sure you're in the group and tell us what you think. Why don't you ask those questions? There you go. There's our first Philosophy Friday. Tell us what you think of that too. Should we Please. do more of these? Yeah, do we don't know. We're just going to keep doing them until you tell us not to. We'll just keep dribbling until you wipe our chin. But if you really like it, then we'll do more. And they won't replace our Effort Fridays. We will also do those. Coxie has plenty of ranting to do. (laughs) Now that my kids are older and they're never naughty, I don't get to rant. Oh, geez. I get to rant in your ear hole instead. I can rant about all sorts of things at the moment. You're a pretty good ranter too. We'll save that for another episode (laughs) of Effort Friday. So thank you for tuning in. We appreciate your ear holes. We do. And uh, tell us what you think. You've been listening to the Tradies and Business Podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.